Anyways, one, she's a furry fanatic and always rubs her furry status in everyone's face. Oh, no. Two, whenever my friends joke around with me, she yells at them and says, that's bullying and starts a huge fight. Life of the party. Three, she says I should be a lesbian instead of being an asexual and acts rude to people who are straight. Designer field. What do you mean, babe? Hey, designer field, you have a, a an oversensitive furry that wants to fuck you. Okay. <laughs> hey, designer field, this is fucking weird. First of all, and don't stick a don't stick tail up your ass. I, I picked this I, I one, picked this for, one the, for, for the Mother's the, Day for the episode. Mother's Day episode. <laughs> This is Cheer Up Babe the Podcast, episode 12. I'm your host, VJ Julio. This is uh, the day after Mother's Day that this came comes out. So I just want to say right from the jump, all you badass women out there that decided to get nutted in, we love you. All right. All of you women that grew life with your body, pushed it out of your body, fed it with your body, sacrificed your body in order to bring new life. Thank you so much for getting nutted in. We love you guys so much. We appreciate the badass women on this sh- on this podcast and and you know that you know that now my wife 100% told me not to open the podcast that way because I was giggling to myself and I said babe it's cheer up babe podcast they got to know they know who they're listening to okay she was like I just don't think it's 86% uh women that listen to your podcast I don't know if opening it with hey thanks for getting nutted in is the best opening for the mother's day episode and I said babe I say it to you and if I say it to you, I can say it to all these beautiful people that like to listen to this podcast. So, women, I hope you guys had a great day. I hope you were treated right. I hope that your significant other, husband, whatever, partner, took some stuff off your plate so you were able to focus on a little bit of you time. Focus on a little bit of let's unwind and enjoy it. And hopefully, you know, if you were up for it, you got piped down right, all right? Hopefully, you brought it right back to being 17 years old when you were starting to fiddle fuck around when you're just experimenting shit, hopefully you got hopefully you got to do a little bit of that on Mother's Day because that's important too, okay? Because this is about you and you should be able to do what you want. And if one of the things you want to do is walk on the fucking ceiling, that better have happened for you because that's your day. And these guys that are like, Mother's Day is just one of those Hallmark days. Is it? Is it hard? Is it hard to give them a day? She literally makes food with her tits. So if you could just give her a day, all right? She literally let you do your favorite thing on the planet, which is nothing, and you can't give her a day. Buy her some fucking flowers, and he better have posted you on social media, okay? Now, we can say that posting on social media is corny. We can say that, oh, posting on Mother's Day, it's like that's what my whole feed is. It's corny. Is it corny? Yeah. It's absolutely corny. I'm agreeing with you 100% that it's corny, but here's also what it is. Necessary. You gotta be you gotta be willing to show your woman that you're fucking willing to be corny for her. Be a little bit of a cornball. Be like, babe, I'm gonna put this out there, and other people are 110% gonna roll their eyes at it. But I'm doing it to show how much I love you, and that is what it is. 
hopefully you got a social media post made about you. You got some stuff taken off your plate and motherfucking put footprints on the ceiling. That's all. That's all. I hope you guys had a great Mother's Day. I hope you're relaxed and rejuvenated, ready for another 364 days of having to literally do everything in the house. But we love you. It was my wife's first Mother's Day, and and I didn't realize that we were 57 years old because she asked for houseplants for Mother's Day. She's like, I just really want some houseplants in the house to decorate the house with. I just really think it would be a great ambiance. And I don't know why when I talk, I make my wife sound like Evanescence because she 100% doesn't. She's way sharper than that. But when I mimic her, I kind of just give her this voice. And she also doesn't have a Valley Girl accent whatsoever. She's more like, babe. I kind of, I think houseplants is what I want for the house, except for she doesn't have baritone either. So I can't mimic my wife. That just is what it is. But she wanted houseplants for Mother's Day. And I said, okay. And the great thing about buying houseplants a couple days before Mother's Day is that they're marked up 742%. And I spent $50 for one houseplant and I bought her four. Where if I would have bought it two weeks before, I would have spent $19. But you got to do what you got to do for the Hallmark holidays because they're important and it makes your woman feel appreciated. Also, if you don't have a woman who's a mother, you better have, you better have shouted out your ma. You better have shouted out your ma because you want to know what you were? The fucking worst. You might be like, I have a great relationship with my mom. Not every day. Not every day. There were some days where your mom wanted to put her four inch heel from the 90s through the inside of your throat. So the least you could do is give her a little bit of appreciation. It, send her a text message. Let her know that you love her. You know, if you're both busy and it is what it is, give her a phone call, make a social media post. Let her know like, hey, thanks for being my ma. You know, thanks. Thanks for sacrificing your body and your youth in order to make me come into this world. Sorry, I'm such a fuck up, but I appreciate you. This isn't uh, with Mother's Day, but it reminded me I made a post like about my wife and one kid, uh, I say kid because he was probably 15, commented simp and I just wanted to say, hey, can't simp for your wife, you know, can't uh, simp for your wife when you make an appreciation post about her, you know what I mean? All you can be is good husband. A simp is the guy who's currently not in an involved romantic relationship with the girl who puts together fucking dressers and furniture. That's a simp, you know, the guy who brings her Taco Bell at 2 a.m. after she just got down done with a night of grinding on a bunch of different guys dicks at a club. But he brings her Taco Bell at 2 a.m. That's a simp. A husband who loves his wife so much that he decides to let the world know how much he cares about her because he lets her know every single day. But it also hits home a little bit further when you make a post publicly about it because it makes her feel that much more appreciated. That's not a simp. That's a good husband. But you're 15. I get it. You have a lot of experience getting cheated on to go through before you realize can't simp for your wife. You know? You probably have a frat to experiment in college where you're going to be slapping around another guy's butthole when you're 19 and you're going to be like, you know what? I think I'd rather just have a wife. You know, you got a lot of that to go through and then you're going to be like, simping's not so bad. But happy Mother's Day. (laughs) This is Cheer Up, Babe, the podcast. That was a long little little intro segment because I didn't even tell you to put your hoodies on, okay? I hope you guys have a cozy, comfy hoodie on. I hope we're vibing. I hope we're having a good day. Hope we're chilling. This is a little bit late. On Monday, it is still posted on Monday, but this is a little bit late on Monday because if you think that I'm going to record and edit a podcast on Mother's Day when my mo- my mother, when my wife is a mom for the first time, you're high as a fucking kite. So naturally, this is going to be delayed when the Sunday before is Mother's Day and my wife became a mother eight months ago. So if you think it was going to come out at 5 a.m., I love you guys. You're going to have the content. You're going to have the podcast to listen to, but not on the day that I 
have to celebrate my wife's motherhood. Speaking of my wife's motherhood. Oh, by the way, cozy, comfy hoodie on. Lock your kids in the closet. Tell your significant other, y'all don't feel like talking. This is your hour. All right, babe. But if you guys haven't listened to the Leslie Fear interview I did, the Because I Want to Know podcast had me on and I did an interview there. If you didn't listen to it, I gave them a little exclusive. This has been three weeks ago now. I'm going to be a dad of two. My wife is pregnant, babe. We are going to have kind of Irish twins. You know, Gracie is eight months old today. And we got another little baby on the way. Jordan's like 16 weeks along. So we're going to, we're just bam, bam, bam. I turned her into a baby making factory and she was not stoked about it. We had about a week of just like panic. Here's the deal. I don't mean to get too crass, but we didn't use like any form of goalies. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say it all the way blatantly, but we didn't have any armed guards in the castle for eight years. And it's kind of like the Roman Empire, right? Like if you don't have any armed guards outside the castle, but the castle is successfully safe, you don't feel a need to put armed guards in front of the castle, right? So the economy took a dip and the castle got put out of commission, aka gave birth to my daughter. And then when we got back into commission, the castle was kind of like real primed for an attack and we didn't put any armed guards out there and a few troops squeezed through the gates. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Because when your castle is holding strong for eight years without any guards, you go, we don't need any guards because our castle's impenetrable. And then you realize, so not impenetrable. <laughs> Dude, the way we found out that... <laughs> The way we found out that she was pregnant is we were, I, I made like a dinner scramble. Like I did some like hamburger, chopped up potatoes, chopped up sweet potatoes, some veggies, just all in a big scramble in the crock pot. We're sitting in the living room, sitting on our couches. Our couches face each other. And that's kind of like where we converse, you know, we eat with our bowls in our hand and we just like sit across from each other and talk. And I'm looking at her and she's not even realizing she's doing it, but she's taking the sweet potatoes and she's pushing them off the side of her, to the side of her bowl, like avoiding them, you know? And I'm just kind of watching this and I felt my chest get real fucking hot. Like, well, in our nine years together, that's only symbolized one thing. So I'm not going to say anything until she says something, but she's pushing the sweet potatoes off to the side and I go, don't feel like uh, sweet potatoes. And she looks at me and she kind of realizes what she's doing. She goes, looks back at me, looks down at the bowl, looks back at me, looks down at the bowl, looks back at me. Could I be pregnant? And I was like, when was, when was your last period? And here's the thing. She just had a baby. She was breastfeeding. Periods all fucking wonky all over the place. Okay. So it's not like that was even a good question to ask. Cause guess what? In the last year and a half, you've had one. So, and it just happened. So I don't, I don't know. Could I be pregnant? And I looked at her and I said, well, scientifically, yeah, you know, if you mix two chemicals, the odds of a, the odds of a, if you're, if you're doing a science, science experiment, the odds of, I can't think of the fucking word. What the fuck's it called when there's like a, uh, when you put like barium with water, I don't fucking even know. Listen, not a science guy. I, couldn't, I don't know if you could tell that from the vibe. 
Ah, fuck it. You know when you mix two science thing and they cause a chemical reaction? Jesus came to it. Just like I came to that. So I said, it's possible. It's not impossible is what I'm saying. You know, there wasn't a 0% chance because 0% chance is called abstinence. And that's what the Mormons want you to do. But since we're not and we weren't, there's always a possibility. So we didn't freak out too much about it that day. And then the next day while I was at work, she called me and it's like both tests are positive. And then we kind of freaked out for a few days. And then it was kind of like, the only thing scary about this is that we're going to have two babies really close together, but we always wanted the multiple kids. We always wanted all of our kids to have siblings, you know, brothers and sisters running around playing. So it's not like this is not part of the plan. It was just kind of, oh, we didn't know it was this week, but we're going to have another baby. We are fucking stoked now because we've known for, I don't know, two months at this point And we just get, you know, you get excited. You get so giddy. Like, oh my God, we get to have another newborn again. And Gracie's going to have a little brother or sister. And it's, we're just like, oh, fuck yeah, this is awesome. The only thing that scares me about this, honestly, in all honesty, is I love Gracie so much. It's hard to imagine yourself loving something else as much as your like child because I just haven't experienced that, right? But then again, before I had Gracie, I didn't know that this level of love was possible. So it was like, I don't know. I I didn't know that I could feel the emotions before Gracie got here and then Gracie got here and it was like a whole new world, right? And now we have our second baby on the way and it's like, I don't even know how I'm gonna be able to love two things as much as I love Gracie. And But I guarantee when the baby gets here, it's gonna be, yeah, here's your more emotions that you haven't felt before. So I just, I don't know, dude, I'm so fucking excited. like. The only thing I ever wanted to be was a dad and now I'm a dad and now I'm going to be a dad of two and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and we're so excited about it. But I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get too fucking cheesy on you guys. I mean, this is my podcast. I talk about what I want, but also at the same time, you don't care, right? Like you're cool. You listen for the laughs. You listen to me talk about moms getting nutted in, but you don't necessarily care about the super personal life. But thanks for listening to the podcast anyways, you beautiful sons of bitches. Babes, you guys are fucking kick-ass. And the ones that have been around, my cubs, fuck yeah. Sweater's coming in a week and a half, by the way. So if you're gonna want, if you're gonna want a OG first edition authentic cub sweater, keep your fucking eyes out for that. All right. However, speaking about parenthood, you know what the fuck first experience I had two days ago? Gracie choked. Bad. Like her first real fucking choke because she's got her two little bottom bottom razor teeth she looks like sunny off of series of unfortunate events and she uses those bitches the exact same way that sunny does she can literally dig into your knuckle until it's like well there's my bone so i wasn't expecting that and how is your tiny 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 little jaw so strong but we give her things like you know, apple slices to, or orange slices to kind of suck on. She loves those things. You know, she's, we're, we're introducing food to her. She's had like tons of pureed food, but every now and then we'll give her like a piece of carrot to gnaw on or an apple. Well, we gave her this big piece of apple and she was sitting in her high chair and Jordan and I were eating dinner. We were obviously like being attentive to her and she's just like, you know, gnawing on her little apple thing she's got some teeth coming up in the back too so she like kind of had the apple like shoved back there but she had shaved off just a tiny little piece with her bottom two teeth and then suddenly it was like boom just no oxygen okay so jordan jordan saw it first and snapped into action pulled off her little table to her high chair and then 
got her unbuckled and like I scooped her up and cause I, I had taken a child CPR class, like a child, like get them not to choke, how to revive them, all that kind of shit. It was super horrible to go through. Cause all I could imagine was what if this was my child, but thank God I did because it worked out in this situation. So I flipped her upside down, holding her face, but her butt is elevated on my forearm. Just a little, just a little fact for you. If you grab them by their face, lay them across your forearm with their butt towards your elbow pit. And then that's how you give them smacks. You know, your palm will kind of be in their chest a little bit. That's how you give them smacks. That's how you give a baby the Heimlich. But here's the thing. Wasn't working. Okay. So she was going like, like that. Just the, you know, the worst sound on the planet. I would rather hear a news report come over the radio saying, hey, Russia sent nukes. We all have 24 seconds to live. I'd be like, that's fine. At least it doesn't sound like my baby not being able to breathe. So we, I flip her. And Jordan, my wife is like a hands-on kind of control freak type of person, but she did so good. She knew I had done the thing. She was like, she calls me V in high stress situations. So she's like yelling at me, V, V. Like, and I'm like, K, space. Like, hold Gracie up over my head, tip her upside down towards my face. I kind of see the apple lodged back there. I try to scoop it out with my uh, pinky finger. That wasn't working, but it was making her gag. So I kind of jabbed a little bit more and then she puked and she puked out the piece of apple and puked and stuff but jesus and she had like snot and but it was anyways so the entire ordeal probably lasted 15 seconds and she was fine you know she she kind of did like a tired cry for the next 20 seconds and then she was completely fine back to herself got pissed when he wouldn't give her an apple and the problem with that whole experience was she's not gonna get an apple until she's seven but or any or any form of food that's not pureed. The only thing she gets to eat from here on out is mashed potatoes mixed with water. Okay? It's the only thing she gets to eat from here on out. Because I definitely have PTSD from that. But I was thinking about it after the fact. Like, Jordan and I, I like zoned in, obviously. And I'm used to like adrenaline rushes, like from athletics and stuff, like getting that hype adrenaline. But I had never been, I wasn't ever scared the whole time. It was just kind of a hyper-focused moment. And I'd never experienced that before. Like three minutes after the, I, she was okay. Like three minutes after we knew like, okay, she's fine. Everything's out. She's breathing fine. She's actually just resting. Everything's okay. We came out of the situation as good as possible. It was our first choking experience. It is what it is. My knees got fucking shaky and we're kind of sitting there talking. We're trying to like shake it off literally. And I was like, that was like 15 seconds. And she was like, yeah, it felt like five minutes. And I was like, the fact that like legitimately Every single second felt like 10 seconds because it was such like a high pressure zone in situation. And what it was is you're just in when your adrenaline peaks and it's a high pressure situation like that, it becomes like the most present you can be like the most present your brain. You're not thinking about shit yesterday. You're not thinking about shit in the future. The only thing that matters is that one moment. Right. And let me tell you something. So that's like the Buddhist ideology in terms of like. The more present you can become, the more you can experience in each and every moment that's happening right now. The, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about the past. Just focus on that one moment after this experience. That shit's for the birds, okay? Take it. I'm only thinking about the future or the past from here on out because that staying in the present shit almost gave me a heart attack. I don't want 15 seconds to feel like five minutes because I have PTSD from it. So I'm never going to stay in the present ever again. Thanks for your ideology. Not going to follow it.
stressful AF. And obviously I'm kidding. I like, I know you, I know you, some of you are like, that's not the point. The point is to enjoy every moment. Oh yeah. Am I enjoying the fucking hyper present emotions I'm feeling when my daughter's choking on a piece of apple? No, no, I wasn't. But that was a fucking shitty first parent experience. I'm sure if you parents out there, you know exactly what that is. You know exactly how that feels. That terror that fills your fucking heart. God damn. But anyways, what sponsors do we have this episode? Look, babe, one thing you're going to learn about this podcast is, is we, we don't do the ad reads. All right. We don't do we don't do the ad reads in the fashion that the company wants us to do the ad reads because I like to only do like to only tell you about things that I actually use. But I also want to speak from the heart. I don't want to tell you the ins and outs of the mumbo jumbo, whatever. Big time partner of the pod. Chill wellness. Chill wellness started with a dad. Whose daughter at 18 months was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. The pain was so bad that it got to the point that she couldn't even stand anymore. As a dad, heartstrings ripping apart. I'm investing in a story I want to know more. Along with the arthritis came medications, which then came with huge side effects. And at what point do you try to fix one problem while causing other problems? So he got together with a group of scientists and doctors and developed what's called Aspen Sav. It's made with Arnica, Boswellia, medical grade magnesium, full spectrum CBD, and the results were amazing. So much so that he wanted to help other people with this problem. This is the only CBD company that partnered with the Arthritis Foundation because that's the origin of their story. That's where their heart lies. Now, like I said, I don't tell you about things that I don't use. I use every single product that they make because it can be used in different fashions than just a salve to help with sore muscles, back pain, shoulder pain, anything like that. They have the sports stick. They have the CBD drink mix now. Everything is so high quality and works so well. As a guy who literally trains people as a profession, I can't tell people about it enough. I use it every single day. I use it when I'm sore from the gym. I use it when I'm stressed out, when I'm having an anxious day, just whenever, and it calms my CNS. It also calms my muscles, and I love every piece of it. So if you want to try it out, go to Chill Wellness. That's C-H-I-L, one L, chillwellness.com. And I like to save you guys money, so at checkout, if you use the promo code VJJULIO15, you're going to get 15% off your entire cart no matter what. That's vjgiulio one five as the promo code at checkout. You get 15% off your entire order. If you tried CBD companies in the past and they haven't worked for you, it's not because CBD doesn't work. It's because that company didn't care enough. Go check it out. And we're back. Listen, if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and go buy something from there. You know what I mean? Like just go, just go use Anchor or buy something from Chill Wellness. It supports the podcast. Let them know. Let them know that I sent you. Appreciate you. And if you want to, if you want to support the podcast as well, leave a review. Leave a review. Maybe don't leave a review based off of the opening of this uh, episode where I talked about thanks for getting nutted in because that was a joke. Okay. If you got, if you listened to it and you got blood red mad, just know that it was a joke. Okay. Just know that. Just know that I was, I was kidding around. And also, if you didn't have a baby and you adopted. I wasn't leaving you out on purpose. I was just making a nutted in joke. All women, if you are taking care of another life, you're amazing. And that's facts. And that's true. But the thing is, is I come in, I come in hot. I come in a tad abrasive, as my friend likes to say. My best friend in Minnesota likes to say, hey, you're not like too much, but you're just a tad abrasive. Like you're not an asshole, but you're a tad abrasive. And that was his nice way of saying you're too much and you're an asshole. But 
I like the term a tad abrasive. It's my favorite way to describe myself. But today, I want to tell you guys another story. And it's trending kind of on the back of last week's story where I told you about Uncle Monty and Uncle Dave and Dewey Burns and my dad and they get together and they're drunk idiots. Only this time, I'll tell you about the first time I was a drunk idiot. And it was at a wedding for a family member. And you might be thinking, oh, was this like, have you been? Nope, this was my first time drinking. First time I touched alcohol, I decided to full send it because much like in life, you give me an inch, I'm taking a mile. And I started that shit early. It was 2009 and a cousin of mine was having a wedding. It was a beautiful thing, you know, and the reception was held at the hotel reception area. There was a big old dance hall and then you got to just go up to your hotel room, which is super safe. I like that whole setup because no one's going to drive drunk but people are definitely going to be assholes and take over the hotel. So what happened was our entire family's there. My mom, my dad, my two little brothers, that side of my family. By the way, I've never actually clarified this. I feel like I should clarify this. I'm the only ch child from my mom and my dad. Like they got together, they had me, they were like, that was the main reason. And then they went their separate ways. And then they both have uh, families and kids with other ones and they're all my siblings like it's not there's no step or half or any bullshit like that I was raised with my dad with my two little brothers on that side and I have two younger sisters and a little brother on my mom's side it's all they're all my siblings but I just feel like I hadn't clarified that we're 12 episodes in so when I say mom and I say stuff like that I'm good I I use both like they're both my mom you know my stepmom was there. I call her mom. My mom was there. I call her mom. I'm just a lucky guy. I get to have two moms. Some of you don't have one. Anyways, that was so mean. That was so mean. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trigger that. But anyway, we're at a, a I'm at the I'm at the wedding with dad and my two little brothers and mom and we're at the reception and everyone's having a good time and you know, I'm busting my diggity diggity dance moves on the dance floor and I'm sober as a bird cuz I've never touched alcohol before. I was just like some of my buddies had been drinking for a couple years like that, and I'm just like, nah, I'm good. It tastes gross. It's that time of night where my two little brothers, it's time to go to bed. So my mom takes them up to bed. And I, in my 14-year-old brain, go, you know what I bet I could do? Try alcohol with my family. So my dad and my Uncle Ronnie are sitting at one of the tables in the reception area, right? I wake up to dad and I'm sitting there and you know, like when you were a little kid and you were like, kind of just like standing next to your parents, waiting to ask, waiting to build up the courage to ask them something that you were worried was going to be a no, like, Hey, can I go to Travis's or something like that? Or, Hey, can Billy stay the night? You know? And you just kind of stand there until eventually they go, what do you want? And then you, and then that, that's your window. And then they eventually say no, because it's nine o'clock at night. Kind of the same thing. So I'm just kind of sitting at the table and I don't know how to bring it up. But the thing that I wanted to bring up was, hey, dad, can I try alcohol? You know, because I was a good kid, good kid. And that whole thing kind of played out. I was just kind of like, dad, hey, can I try? Can I try a drink? I think my dad just had like a drink in front of him. And I was like, can I try a drink? And he was like. Uh, and he's kind of, but he has the dad smirk. He has the dad smirk where he's, he's a few Bud Lights in and mom is upstairs, right? So like the trouble is upstairs and he is also born in 1964 in Montana. So it's like, how are you not hammered drunk already? But he's got that dad smirk where it's like, this is a cool father son moment. And he kind of looks over at my uncle Monty and my uncle Monty, his, who's his older brother 
kind of gives them a like, yeah, why, why not? You know? So dad let me try a drink. And there was like a third, you know, you know, at a wedding, I, well, I don't know if you know at a wedding, at a wedding, if they have an open bar or there's a bar on site, the drinks are poured in these shitty little plastic cups, kind of like those old fruit punch cups that they would have at middle school dances. They just serve those. So it's like fucking two and a half inches tall. You can't fit a lot of alcohol in them. There's like a third of one of those left. And my dad kind of hands it to me. He's like, you can try that. And of course, it's like, guess what? Now it's time to show off. So I slam it back and I try not to make a face I don't think I made a face I think I was pretty successful but I was just kind of like yeah yeah basically I'm the shit and everyone needs to watch out so what happened is that opened the floodgates because once I knew that dad gave the nod like I said give me an inch I'm gonna take a mile I start going around to all my other family members like the younger ones I have a lot of cousins everyone is a little bit inebriated I'm 14 it's not like I'm a child and I'm just like hey can I try a drink hey can I try a drink and first time getting drunk didn't know what I was doing so you know what you shouldn't do hey if you're ever gonna drink all right I know all of you guys listen to this right now are definitely just good kids who are waiting till you're 21 to drink good and uh if you're going to drink, don't mix stuff, okay? If it's the first time you've ever put alcohol into your bloodstream, don't try all the alcohols like I did. So I had a little bit of a rum and coke, a little bit of a gin and tonic, a little bit of a fucking something with tequila in it, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you can get with this and you can get with that and you can get with this and you can get fucked up and you can go straight to the fucking blackout zone. Anyways, I'm a rapper, so I got smashed. So eventually what happened is I, I got, you know, I got a little buzz drunk going, right? I got a little, uh, I was humming as they say. And when I got to humming, I just thought these are all my family members. I'll just go around to all the tables where people have their half drank drinks that they have abandoned and I'll just pound them all. So <laughs> now obviously this is completely unsupervised. As far as my dad knows, I drank that sip of drink that he let me drink. That's as far as dad knows. Okay. He doesn't know that I said, that's a green light right there. That's Matthew McConaughey green lights and I'm full sending this bitch. So I'm going around to all the tables with all the abandoned drinks and I'm just slugging them back because I'm in full blown cocky. I'm 14. The world is my oyster mode. And then I go dark mentally and I'll tell you the few flashes that came back to me. So I go dark. One flash. I'm in the pool outside. I'm in the water. Now, my memory thinking back on it is that's the only memory I have is I'm in the pool fully clothed by the way didn't get undressed I'm just in the pool and one of my cousins is yelling at me kind of laughing but also like hey get the fuck out of the pool so I have that memory and then I'm in the pool and I'm I pull myself out of the pool and I remember laying on the side of the pool looking out over the water. I'm on my side next to the pool. You know how there's that little scoop that's around the entire perimeter of every single pool ever. It's like made out of cement and it's a little bit of a curve. It usually where they spray paint do not dive. I'm laying with that. I'm laying on my belly with my face turned towards the pool and then I just puked a lot. I just remember that and then I go dark again. And then my next memory is 
there's it's like the shining where i'm just walking down a random hallway in the hotel completely by myself by the way family dropped the ball okay if you see your young little cousin puking on the side of the pool he can't stand maybe just take him to bed you know but also at the same time i'm a little bit of a conflicting character and so i probably was like i'm fucking fire yeah listen listen i've done this so many times i've done this so many times i don't need i look look if there's one thing i know about myself is that i'm good and you don't know what's going on inside my brain so you don't know if i'm good or not and let me tell you i know my brain i'm good and they probably were just like I don't have time for this. And then they left me by myself. So I'm walking down this hotel hallway and it like thinking back in my memory, definitely a hallway off the shining, definitely weird lighting, definitely too wide for a normal hotel. And then I remember going into a room with the door open. I walked into a random person's hotel room and there was a guy in there. Now, had this been a horror story, that guy could have gave me PTSD, you know? He could have caught a case later in life, but he was just a nice guy who was terrified that this 14-year-old hammered-ass kid just walked into his room. Because I remember standing like in the doorway, and I'm like, what's up, man? I remember that. That's probably... <laughs> He's probably thinking, is this kid going to stab me? Looking back, I'm really glad he wasn't a predator. And then I remember him being like, okay can you leave? And I'm like, what? I thought we were just kicking it. What am I doing? Fucking flirting with the guy, you know? Like, hey, I'm gonna stay in here. And he's like, don't know you. Get the fuck out of my room. And I'm like, you do not pass the vibe check, my man. But anyways, left the room. And then the next thing I remember is I get to my parents' room where we're all staying. Now, the thing with that is it was a double bedroom. I was already planning on sleeping on the floor. So I get myself into the room. Now, I am also intelligent enough to know that, hey, this is the danger zone. You pull your shit together. You silence yourself down. You make sure that you're quippity, quippity quiet. Okay. And I inch myself into the room. It's about 3.30 in the morning. By the way, parents, drop the ball. Where's your kid? You know, it could have been in the pool. Would have been a real bad story. Anyway, I crawl in and I lay down on the floor. So you know how you walk into every hotel room and it's like you walk into the door of the hotel room off to either the left or the right is the bathroom right then. And there's usually some bullshit closet right outside the bathroom with like, you know, the double mirror. Right. And then then it opens up into the double bedroom. I laid down next to the mirror. OK, I just laid down on the floor and I went to bed. I woke up at about 730 in the morning, just about three, four hours later to my parents yelling at each other. OK. They're screaming at each other. Actually, I should say, I should, I should rephrase that. My mom is yelling at my dad. Okay. <laughs> and she's screaming things along the lines of, he's fucking hammered. Now I have snapped back into consciousness at this point. And I'm, but I, but I obviously, I'm not an idiot. I'm going to pretend like I'm still sleeping. So I got my eyes closed and I'm just listening to the conversation. He's fucked up obviously the entire room smells like booze and my dad's like he just got sick <laughs> not dad you're not in high school anymore find a better lie you know like help me out a little bit <laughs> but i could also tell he's kind of smirking to himself a little bit like okay vj definitely fucked us over and we just got to deal with the ramifications but he just got sick last night because what i noticed 
when I opened my eyes slightly. I wasn't going to open them all the way and act completely awake because the fight was still going on. Where my dad was getting called irresponsible and what the fuck and embarrassing and stuff like that. And I opened my eyes slightly and I realized the entire hallway that I'm laying in, like that little entry hallway from the one wall to the next, to the mirror, is covered in puke. <laughs> I puked up 17 different alcohols all over that room in my sleep. Good thing I sleep on my belly, just naturally, always have. But it was covered in puke. And you know what you can't do? Wake up and go, I don't feel good. Because <laughs> you're busted. You're busted. So I stand up and I get four eyes looking at me um, and it hurt my heart. Like they, it looked into my soul with anger. Whereas dad was like, you're fucked. And mom was like, you're fucked. So I just was like, I'm going to go shower. And I was, cause I was covered in puke. So I go into the shower. I could just walked into the bathroom. Did, that was the only thing I said. I said, I'm going to go shower. And I just walked into the bathroom. They're in the heat of an argument about me. And I remember standing in the shower and I was looking down at my feet. And I just remember like swaying back and forth and coming to the realization of, cause I'd never experienced a hangover before, you know, coming to the realization of this isn't a hangover. I don't have a headache. I'm still fucked up. Now, here's the thing that I didn't know happened. Like I said, I went dark early on. Like I'm saying like probably 11 o'clock I went dark and I got into the room at about 3.30. Okay. I didn't know that every family member in the reception, A, knew that I was hammered and B, had an interaction with me. I didn't know that I went up to every single family member and I just talked to them in my 14-year-old hammered ass voice. And I didn't know that I had made an ass of myself slash made every single one of them laugh throughout the entire night. And the way that I found that out is part of the deal with staying in this hotel is you go downstairs and it's not a continental breakfast. It's a legitimate breakfast with like booths and they like serve you meals and when you have their wedding reception there you all go down and there's like multiple things to pick from that they'll make for you in the kitchen and bring it out right so the entire family's down at breakfast as we go down for breakfast as a family i'm leading the way to breakfast i'm probably 10 feet in front of my entire family parents and little brothers now as you exit the elevators there's like a little open area and then it kind of closes in and there's a little stair way like a, one of those like one two three four stair drops kind of like a balcony and it opens into the dining area and I hit the one two three stair drops and my entire family applauds my arrival <laughs> they all just started clapping and can I tell you a secret didn't help the situation with mom and dad they were, it was one of those like, there he is, clap, 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 woo, hoots and hollers, like, obviously being smart asses, but that's just the way my family's built. I got a standing ovation for my discretions the night before, and I felt the heat radiating from my family to where, in my mind, I was like, this is the one that does it. I'm going to have to find somewhere else to live. But also, as you can tell, if you've listened to this podcast, is I like to make people laugh and I like attention a little bit too much. It's just 
in me. I enjoy entertaining. So I was waving and clapping for myself and smiling and doing double waves like I'm on the fucking float in the Thanksgiving Day Parade and I'm the princess, you know? I'm just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'm in trouble. Might as well lean in. And then I was grounded for a very long time. But yeah, so moral of the story, don't, okay? I know that kind of ended funny, but I was in trouble for a real long time. And another thing that it did is break my trust with the family completely. With my parents, completely. You know what I wasn't allowed to do? Just go hang out with friends anymore. Because you know what I proved? That I didn't know my limits. And you know what else I proved? Hey, I drank alcohol. So that window's wide open. So if you let me go hang out with friends, I'm definitely going to do that. That's what it was in their mind. Even though that wasn't necessarily true, I, ha I was on... Max Penn fucking lockdown for the next, I don't even remember. I think when I left the house at 18. So moral of the story, hey, don't do that. All right? Don't. Even if your parents are like, hey, it's cool. If you have never done it before, hey, don't do that. You know? Don't do that. And I tell stories like that because I was hanging out with Gracie's girl and I was like, I am so scared for the first time that happens. It's going to, like, how am I going to react? How, am I going to be pissed off? Because I think about some of the things that I did when I was younger. And it's like, I'm going to obviously try to be a good parent and like tell her not to do certain things that get, get into trouble. And then I was like, but I was fucking moronic. So it's like, what leg do I have to stand on? And I don't want to be the, I made those mistakes so that you don't have to. Because that never holds true. Just They just got to experience it themselves. But yeah. Any Hoosiers, what even is this podcast? I don't know, dude, but I love it. You know, it's like that psycho girl that you hook up with after you leave, after you get cheated on, after you get out of a long, serious relationship, and then you like hang out with that psycho for three months, and it's an entire roller coaster whirlwind, and you hate every moment, but you also love every moment. That's this podcast, and I'm not speaking from experience. Wink, wink. I'm just saying that that's what this podcast represents. Hey, what's your demo? I don't, uh, the cool kid table. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you're sitting at the cool kid table. That's all it is because only cool kids can hang. Only cool kids talk about talk about moms getting piped in a respectful way. OK, only only cool kids talk about the time that they blacked out when they were 14 in, in front of their parents. It's like only cool kids. It's the cool kids table. You're sitting on the back of the bus, babe. All right. What's my demo? Um, women in their mid 20s and guys who are too old to wear tank tops anymore. OK. If you wear a tank top, don't listen to this podcast. If you if you wake up in the morning and you put a tank top on and you're not going to a body of water, don't listen to this podcast. That's just that's just the rule, you know. If you throw a tank top on to go out and do yard work in your yard and not and you want to fight the uh, farmer's tan that you got going on, yeah, okay, you can listen. You can listen. But if you wake up and you just have to go to fucking Walmart and you put a tank top on, shut it off. This ain't for you, babe. Okay, it's a grab bag of bullshit, and I'm your, and I'm your toxic summer fling names. Ooh, let's not, let's not. Almost, almost, almost said a real name. Not gonna say a real name, but <laughs> we're in it for the ride. We're in it for the ride, dude. I realized that I aged out of tank tops this week. I, I realized it. It was one of those like I was hanging out at the house, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be at the house all day, and I just grabbed a tank top out of the drawer like I, I would, because it's like oh, I'm not gonna be seen in public. And I put a tank top on and I walked by myself in reflection and I was like, and it had nothing to do with the appearance. It had nothing to do with like, ugh, 
I'm too fat for tank tops or some weird shit like that. It wasn't like a body thing. It was like, hey, you're 28. Why? Where is your sleeves? You know? Hey, literally no reason to wear that. You know? I shouldn't be able to see your cleavage. So, <laughs> put a shirt on, VJ. That's how it was. And I was like, wow. I've officially mentally aged out of tank tops. I've officially mentally aged out. I'll wear them if I'm going to the beach. But also, if I'm at the beach, I'm shirtless too. So, it's like... There's really no excuse to wear a tank top. If I'm doing yard work outside, I'm probably going to be shirtless too. My property, I don't want to hear about it if you don't like it, you know? But yeah, we wear hoodies. We lock our kids in closets. We show appreciation to moms who like to get it. We tell blackout stories. We don't wear tank tops. And we for sure 100% sit on the back of the bus. I mean, what more do I have to explain to you, babe? Yo, you want to do something wild? Do... Change something on Facebook. If you don't use your Facebook, like if you don't even have it on your phone, download it and change something. I fucking, I was going through my Facebook like just like, because I haven't in, I don't know, five years because it's Facebook and I don't have a funny political comic strip to post and or a gif of a animated bear hugging a heart to post on someone's wall for their birthday, you know, because that's all Facebook is. So I was on it just for shits and giggles. I think I was just burning time at night. And because the, my entire house shuts down at 8 o'clock at night. And I'm just like, I'm not built for that. Got to stay up later. But I'm just like going through it. I was like, oh, shit. My Facebook status, like relationship status, is still set to like in a relationship. You know what I mean? Hey, been married for over four years. So... Definitely in a relationship, but also not accurate enough. So I just switched it to married. I didn't know. It doesn't even ask. It just posts that to your timeline. And I have a stupid amount of friends on Facebook because I never said no. And Facebook's been around since 1997. So I have all these random people on there. And so when I changed my Facebook status to married, I got like comments from people now, it it ended up turning funny from the people that knew that I was married. They were like, again? Oh, wow. And like stuff like that. And, and I like six hours later when I jumped back on Facebook, I realized that it posted to my timeline. I'm like, why do I have notifications from Facebook? And it was like, oh, people are commenting on your post saying that you're married. And so I commented below it and I was like, I figured I figured she's proved enough. I'll make it Facebook official. Just a little joke. Just a little joke. But here's the deal. I have ex-teammates that were commenting. Hey, congratulations, brother. Like <laughs> Hey guys, if you don't know, I mean, look, your heart's in the right place. And I know that we don't like talk, but that doesn't mean, hey, don't say congratulations sincerely when I've been married for four years. I, I appreciate where your heart is, okay? You're, you know, your heart's in the right spot. Your comment is in the wrong spot. It's been four years. Hey, congratulations, brother. Wow. And then he's going around like, did you hear that VJ got married? Yeah, in 2016. VJ been married. You know that girl that he started dating when he was on the wrestling team with you? He's been married to her. They're having their second kid. So I appreciate you. But also, I don't know. I guess I can't I can't really speak too negatively because that's how I handle people's birthdays. You want to know when someone's birthday is, you just jump on Facebook and you're like, oh shit, it's their birthday today. I'm going to send them a text. Here's one thing I can promise you, guarantee 100%. Unless you're my wife, if you get a happy birthday text from me, it's because Facebook told me about it. And the only reason I have my wife's birthday memorized is because it's the passcode on my phone. Oh, just gave out the passcode to my phone. But whatever, it doesn't matter. But her, when her and I started dating, I set the passcode on my phone to her birthday so that I'd never forget. A little fucking life hack for you, babe. But anyways, welcome to the back of the cool. 
Welcome to the back of the cool table. <laughs> so stupid. Welcome to the back of the cool table, and uh, let's do some let's do some unqualified dad advice. Dude, straight up, I eventually want to get to the point where I have like a soundboard and shit that I can use and just like click like intro sounds. And I also need like a cool intro song because here's the deal. You're getting a different garage band intro every single episode and that just is what it is. And I'm going to try and make them more and more and more annoying as possible until eventually someone's just like, hey, made you this. And I'm going to be like, thanks. Now it's permanent. And I'm going to shout you out on the podcast if you do that. But I also want like a soundboard with like sound effects for punchlines and shit because I'm not funny enough. And little punch-up punchlines are hilarious. I'm not going to make it a full-blown radio show because this isn't 99.9 The Wolf. All right? This is Cheer Up Babe, but I still think it would be funny. I just don't know how to integrate that. I don't know how to – with the software that I have, you know, it's like I'm I'm running on minimal knowledge in order to just bring you guys funny content. I don't actually know how this works. I watched one YouTube tutorial video, and here we are, babe. And it's working out pretty fucking well so far. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what would happen if I spoke to a professional about it and had them help me out? Could you imagine? But alas, we'll never know. But anyways, this is going to be the unqualified dad advice segment. Now, it's called unqualified dad advice because I've only been a dad for eight months. Oh, Gracie girl turned eight months old yesterday. It was awesome. You know, the day before she choked on an apple and almost died so if you're if you're new here here's how it works i go to the advice column on reddit because it's a fucking train wreck disaster of human beings and that's where i thrive and it's just people asking for advice and what i like to do is i go to that page i scroll stop and i read whatever titles right there in front of my thumb we make an entire assessment based off of the title we judge the book by the cover all right i give advice based off of the title And then after the advice is given, I'll open the body and we'll see how accurate I was. And if I need to addendum that advice, is it addendum? Isn't that an organ in your fucking stomach? That's a duodenum, an addendum to the advice that I gave anyways. All right. So here we're on here right now. Let me just go ahead and hit a scroll. Stop. I don't want to graduate high school. Well, Kelly, I G-O-E, I go. Kelly, I go. Yeah, Kelly, I go, you don't want to graduate high school. Don't, you know, that's I don't think that that has any negative ramifications for your future and for your life, you know, because I can tell I can guarantee you one thing. High school is the most difficult time you're ever going to experience. It's the hardest part of life after high school. It's fucking smooth sailing. College is a joke, you know. Marriage and relationships are a breeze and having children. It's like a walk in the park. So. If you want to just go ahead and skip the really, really hard part, you're going to fucking might as well, you know, Kelly, I go, I mean, Kelly, I go, it's like, it's kind of like, think of it as running a marathon, except for you found a shortcut to the finish line, you know, and the finish line is living in a meth trailer. But if that's what you want your finish line to be, you're on the right track. So Kelly Igo says, I don't want to graduate high school. We're going to open it into the body now. I don't want to work 40 plus hours a week for the rest of my life. I'm just not ready. I already have a part-time job now. And when I graduate, I have to go full-time. I don't want to. I want to enjoy my life in my summer. I don't want to become an adult. I like going to school and seeing my teachers and friends. I already don't really talk to anyone outside of school. So once I'm out, I feel like that's it. I'm going to college, but, I only, but I'm only commuting. So it'll be, so I'll still be working a lot, I imagine. How can I get over this? Every time I check the date and see how... It getting close. Oh, babe, Kelly. So this wasn't a, I don't want to graduate high school 
period. It's a fear of graduating high school for what comes next. Listen, freedom is a great thing because that's what happens when you get out of high school. If you are, your life is in front of you, you know, and that offers itself two things. One, the autonomy of having the freedom in front of you is an awesome thing because it's literally anything can happen. Everything you want to think about experiencing, you can go out and experience if you take the steps in that right direction, right? But it also is terrifying because there's this thing that we have as human beings where we like order and we like to have a rhythm about things. And then suddenly when, and there's things that we like count as our foundation and suddenly when those things are taken away or it's opened up, it's terrifying because you don't really know where you stand, but you're going through a normal mental thing, okay? This is natural to be a little bit scared. If I was to give you an actual piece of advice on this, it's do the scary shit. Go travel. If I would have done anything, well, actually, no, because of the whole college wrestling thing, I really want. I'm really glad that I chased that down. So I really couldn't have taken a couple years off. But if you have scholarship opportunities, take the scholarship opportunities and all that kind of stuff. But you're open. So I would say take the scariest thing you can imagine. Like I'm going to go study abroad and do that. This happened with this happened with my wife and I. So when we met, we were in North Idaho, which is our home state, right? I was wrestling there. I had transferred out of the NCAA and I and in North Idaho is junior college because you have to go get your associate's degree before you can go back into the NCAA. And in Minnesota, that's where I wanted to finish up is NCAA. So I had to go to North Idaho College in order to get my associate's degree. And I met Jordan while I was in North Idaho and we fell in love and I proposed to her and the thing was, I was like, I have a full ride to this college over here in Minnesota. Will you come? And it's not so much that she's following me. It, it, we, I always wanted to make sure that it wasn't like she was following me. Or it's like, hey, it's not like you're just going to follow me here and then fuck around. It's like the opportunities are that both there for us. Well, you know, get the degree, that kind of stuff, right? So I wasn't hindering her by any means by asking her to do this. All I was asking her to do was take a scary step with me. Because it's scary. And on the drive from Idaho to Minnesota, after she had agreed to marry me and we were coming over here together, we stopped in a motel for one of the nights because it's a long drive. And we had like, she she had like a full-blown, I'm scared of this breakdown type of thing, right? Because she realized how far away she was from home, how far away she was from her family, how far away she was from all the people that she knows and all of her friends. And I was feeling that too. I just have a little bit different I have like a I have like a rush when it comes to fears like that. And for her, she handled it a little bit more normal, I guess you would say. So she was super scared in that hotel room. She went into the bathroom and she was kind of crying, right? She wasn't using the bathroom. She just kind of like went off there and she was kind of crying because she was scared. And I went in there. She sat down on the lid of the toilet. I sat down on the sink and I was there. And it was kind of a crossroads moment for me because I was like, all right, it's your wrestling career but this is also the woman that you want to marry and start a family with. So I told her in all honesty, I told her, we can turn around right now. We can drive right back to Idaho. I can wrestle anywhere. It doesn't matter. And I think what that did for her is it gave her like a little boost of trust to where she realized like, oh, this isn't like an all pressure on me sort of thing. I'm making this choice. So she, she kind of like caught a second wind and made that step. And we talk about it now to this day. I mean, that was fucking seven years ago or whatever. And we talk about like, can you believe we did that? Like that was so scary. 
It was so scary, but it turned into one of the greatest things because everything we have in our lives is because of the steps we made and we make scary steps. Like one of our foundations for our entire relationship now is we do hard. Like there's always an easy route to take in life. That's not so scary, but it's also boring and moderate and holds you back. And then there's a scary route to take in life that's unsure, but it tests you and it makes you into a different type of person. And we always say we take that hard road. We can do hard. So Kelly, I go, don't be afraid to take that hard road. You're going to be a better person for it. All right. And you're not going to lose everybody that's in your life right now. It's up to you to keep them around. You just got to keep communication open and you're going to be fine. All right, babe, you're going to be fine. Graduating high school is not that scary. Now, scroll, stop. How do you go about effectively quitting a hobby online with nothing else to do? What? How do you go about effectively quitting a hobby online with nothing else to do? What? Read it twice. Didn't make even any more sense the second time. This is from another time, I guess. Um. Hey, another time, I guess. What? How do you go about effectively quitting a hobby online with nothing else to do? Just put your phone down. You know? Hey, is it an app? Just delete it. Hey, oh, I got a crazy one. I got a crazy one. Another time, I guess. Go aside. You know? Did you know that there's an entire world out there? Hey, oh, is everything on in quarantine and everything on lockdown? Put on your mask. Go outside. That's the weirdest thing. How do I go about effectively quitting a hobby? It's called cold turkey. Quit and walk away from it. There's something that's con- I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that this is because something takes up too much of your time and it's bothering you that it's like, oh, this has become such an obsession. But if I quit it, I don't have anything else to do. It's because you haven't tried to go outside. Did you know that you could go outside and there's people out there? Did you know that you could go outside? There's like an entire society of human beings that you could just go, hey, my name's another time, I guess, and I'm new here. <laughs> Let's open it. Let's see what the fuck. How do you go about effectively quitting a hobby online with nothing else to do? I realized that, whew, all right, Cubs, hang on. I realized that my the what I'm playing online isn't good for improving my social skills and is truly damaging my mental health. I don't know what more to provide you guys with, and I don't know where else to post this. I know if I just leave, I will simply return. I was thinking just removing every account that has a part in it, but I have a fear I will just fall down with nothing to do. Cut the fucking cord. You know what you should do? Get rid of everything. Your whole like, I'm just going to return to it. Yeah, that means you're leaving the door cracked. Don't get like your first love in high school that you're thinking about going back and fucking when you get newly single again because it's not worth it, you know? There's a reason you left in the first place. You're just going to let yourself down again. So cut the cord. If it's that big of a deal, okay? If it's that big of a deal and you feel like you're just going to return right back to playing League of fucking Legends or whatever the fuck, throw them away. Don't give yourself the opportunity. Sell your shit. Sell your shit. Find another fucking way to have an outlet because we're creatures of habit. We're creatures of wanting to do things the same every single day. We just like that type of monotony. But if the monotony is toxic, which you have assessed that it is another time, I guess, I, you've answered your own shit. You answered it. I don't have to answer it for you. Cut the fucking cord. And cut the cord. I'm just singing on you bitches. Whole episode. Whole episode. So far, these topics, these these advice questions, it's like just 
take the step, you know? You don't even, like, I've gotten back-to-back fucking kid questions. Like, obviously, these are from kids where it's like, you don't have responsibilities tying you down. Move on to it. And remember, I love you. (laughs) All right. Scroll. Uh, Stop. Should I continue being friends with this girl? By Designer Field. Hey, Designer Field, great question. Obviously, not a lot of context, but of course not. She's a piece of shit. You're too good for her. You're too good for her, Designer Field. She's just there to fucking claw at your insights, you know? When was the last time when was the last time that girl asked about how you're doing? You know? When was the last time that girl asked, how's Designer Field? I'm sure it's just me, 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 me. And Designer Field, you're just sitting there like, yes, I'll help you with another one of your problems. You don't got time for that shit. Now, anyways, let's open the body and see what she actually asks. Because I'm just kidding. So, I have this friend who's in most of my classes, and I don't really feel comfortable around her. Yet, I'm for some yet I'm for some reason I'm friends with her. Just meant to say for some reason I'm friends with her. Anyways, one, she's a furry fanatic and always rubs her furry status in everyone's face. Oh no. Two, whenever my friends joke around with me, she yells at them and says, "That's bullying," and starts a huge fight. Life of the party. Three. She says I should be a lesbian instead of being an asexual and acts rude to people who are straight. Designer field. What do you mean, babe? Hey, designer field, you have a, a an oversensitive furry that wants to fuck you. Okay. <laughs> hey, designer field, this is fucking weird. First of all, and don't stick a don't stick tail up your ass. All right, just because she wants you to. If you want to, that's fine. Do it. But hey, you don't want to. So maybe maybe it's time to just, you know, listen, I, I, I just found it. It's time to shit or get off the pot. You know, you either fuck her or you tell her to fuck off. I mean, what kind? <sighs> the world is different than when I grew up. <laughs> You're friends with a lesbian anti-bullying furry. And I mean, one of two things. Put on the costume and get pegged or... I can't believe I just said get pegged. Don't... I... I'm a father. I need to watch my goddamn mouth. Um, don't do it. (laughs) That's, That's about as politically correct. Did you hear that? Did you hear my pause, my hesitation, and try to think of something appropriate to say and I said don't do it that's about the level of PC that I usually try to keep it but yeah designer field you gotta you gotta cut that cord um scroll stop I'm scared my ex will ruin my life throwaway time 7624 they 100% will exes are the fucking worst there's a reason they're your ex right no great relationship ended you know no great relationship ever came to an end. That's why divorces are a good thing. It's like no great marriage ended in divorce. If they got a divorce, it's probably necessary. So there's a reason they're your ex. So you got to move on. Now, I'm actually, I'm not going to give too much advice. This one's a little bit lengthy. So hang on. Me, 17 male and my ex, 17 female. Nope. I didn't know that the Reddit advice column was full of 16 year olds who like to fuck with cat heads on. So... Let's just, let's try another one. Scroll, stop. Fiance confessed to me he's a pedophile. Whoa. Cubs, we got, okay. Now, 
they're I don't have quote unquote triggers, but there's certain things that get me just a little bit, a little bit hot. And one of them is this type of topic. So chuck it away. Three, four, three. Fiance confessed to me he's a pedophile. Um, I'm not going to open it yet. And before I, I don't care if they have paid their debt to society or they've gone through programs. I understand that everyone needs help in certain things. However, no. You might be like, that's not very sensitive. Yeah, burn them. I don't give a shit. Let's open it and see what it is. I'm 26 and so is my fiance. We've been together since we were 18. A few weeks ago, we got engaged. Yesterday, he said to me that before we get married, he wants to tell me about one last secret that he's been keeping from me because he trusts me enough. He told me that he's attracted to kids and really small kids, like five to 10. He assured me that he has never and will never touch any children. He has just always been attracted to, I fucking, I can't even fucking finish reading it. Um, Turn him in. Or something. I don't know. Fuck. I can't end on that one. I can't end on that one. That one made me... That that shit... I don't care, dude. Like, I don't fucking care. Kill him. Like, that's so insensitive. It's a mental problem. I don't give a fuck. Kill him. I don't give a shit. No excuse. Disgust. Like, I don't care what happened. Whatever. I... I no. 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 I don't even have a fucking thing to say because I don't even feel like I need to defend my stance on this zero tolerance policy. We're going to fucking find something else because I can't can't end on that one. Wife of three years suddenly says that she is unsure if she's ever loved me by throwaway 69126911. Okay, throwaway 69126911. Listen, um... Wife of three years suddenly says that she is unsure that she's ever loved me. You're dropping the ball. That's all. You allowed distance to come in your relationship. You had one too many nights where there was a lack of communication instead of an overdone communication line. Like I, like I said earlier, no great marriage ends in divorce. So there's been a point in your life where your marriage has slipped and you let it. You didn't try to you didn't try to put those pieces back together. And I'm not putting all blame on you because I haven't opened the body yet. But if this seems like it's coming out of the dark, it's because you were missing uh, you were missing the signs of something where it was probably clear if you would have paid attention. Let's open it and see what is up. My wife of three years told me that she does not know if she really loves me and has been doubtful of it since after the month we first met. She says that she stayed with me partly out of guilt because she's kept this secret since after the first month we've met. We've been living together for over a few years now. We're married. I was planning to move to another city with her to start up school. We were just looking at buying a car and house together, and I don't know what to do anymore. She wants to meet with a therapist, which I think is a great idea and I support, but she told me that unless she is able to get rid of the doubt that she loves me, she no longer wants to be together and wants a divorce. We have been planning for well over six months to move to another state over 15 hours away at the end of June, and she said unless she can get rid of this doubt by working with a therapist and spending some time apart, she isn't going to come with me. I've made huge sacrifices in my own personal goals and life plans for the benefit of our relationship. I mean massive lifelong dreams that I completely did away with out of love for her. I always thought that we had a very healthy marriage and relationship. We never fought. We, I've loved her with every ounce of my being and treated her with nothing but love and kindness. I feel, I just feel like my whole world is suddenly flipped upside down. It's hard to sleep and eat. We still 
We're still sharing a house and bed, but I feel so afraid and distant. I don't know what to do and could use any advice. I realize this is a rant, but I'm hurting so much right now and I feel like I'm drowning. Thanks for even taking the time to read this. All right, you know what? I take back originally what I said. Um, I'm going to try to take your paragraph uh, as 100% truth. So, I mean, it sounds like an issue with commitment, you know, commitment issues or you get two non-confrontational people in a relationship and the big issues don't ever come out. You got to have a little confrontation in your relationship. If you say you never fight, it means that both you, there's been times where both of you were too afraid to bring something up or to start something. And then you let it fester and it manifests into something that usually turns into resentment, which is why I think it's important to air shit out. Don't let shit build. Um, and it might just been a lack of communication because your guys' personality types lined up that way. I understand what you're saying in terms of you feel like you've sacrificed a lot, but don't put that as like a weighing scale because in order to try and make a relationship work, you have to sacrifice. So that's not like a peg on your board or a peg against her. That's just how a relationship works. And unfortunately, some relationships don't work out. You got to go through the heartbreak of it. But think of it like this. It's obviously a young relationship. You guys are thinking about buying cars and houses. You sound like young people who are planning to move to different states and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you have all these life plans and everything. But a lot of times you got to just cut your losses and move on. Because think of if this would have happened when you were 55. You know, if this would have happened after you had had a few kids and then you had to tear a family apart. So honestly this is the best situation that this could happen in because it sounds like she had a foot out the door the entire time like from the first month of your relationship and it's been years like how non-confrontational can you get how scared of your own thoughts can you be to where you let someone come along for the ride and just believe that they're into it to eventually pull the rug out but like i said earlier it's better that it's happening earlier on even though it feels like it's later on it's definitely later on in terms of she's been having the thoughts since it was a month in and you're a couple years, but think of it would have been a decade or two decades. It's okay, man. Relationship ends. It's going to be fine. Like I said, no bad merit, no great marriage ended in divorce. And there's nothing that I can really say in terms of, oh, it's going to be okay. It will be okay, but there will be hurt. There will be pain because if you really did put your entire love and soul into this relationship with this person, there's going to be a mark. So I would say that Maybe try therapy for a little while, but her verbiage sounds like she's kind of always had the thoughts and always had the doubt. So why would a few conversations with a therapist help? I mean, it might, but always another thing that this entire situation is going to do is it's going to plant doubt in your head because she was able to pull the wool over your eyes for years. And then you guys go to therapy and she said that she's all better now. There's always going to be the doubt in the back of your head is, is she really on board? Because she fooled me for years. So I would have a come to Jesus moment, Jesus moment with that and realize this has been a very like jump into the scariness type of advice column, like jump into the fear because you're going to be fine on the back end of it. So I would say jump into that fear of ending the relationship if it was me. If it was me and the other person had made up their mind or not even made up their mind, just had reasonable doubts in terms of they don't want to like you, you shouldn't try to force anyone to be with you because that will just breed toxicity and resentment like I said before so I'm not going to rant too much longer about this but you get what I'm saying it's going to be okay you're going to be fine expect some pain expect some hurt and then expect it to get easier as you move along you're going to be all right 
And I'm sorry for you, bro. Like that sucks, but sometimes life hits you. All right. All right, babe. That's episode 12. And it was, I don't know. I don't know. Haven't edited it yet. Uh, you know, don't know how, don't know how it came out. I think that was a little bit, a little more sporadic and all over the place than I was intending. I don't know if it hits in certain areas. I definitely came out fucking abrasive. I definitely, I wasn't a tad abrasive. I came out hyper abrasive. Um, we had the weird pedo moment in there and that just, I just can't, I just fucking can't babe. I just, there's just no way. Um, literally see murder. So see murder. And then I moved on. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode though. If you did leave a review, follow the, follow the Instagram, the podcast, Instagram, it's cheer up babe podcast on the Insta. If you guys want to be like featured in the unqualified dad segment, like you want to ask me a piece of advice, you can DM it or you can leave a comment below one of the posts and I'll fuck, I'll fucking answer it. I'll, the thing that I like about the Reddit portion of it is that I'm so far removed for it. I can be a little bit mean when I need to be mean. And if it's coming from you guys, I don't know if I'll be as mean because I'll actually want to, but I also might be fucking mean. It depends on how caffeinated I am. All right. But go let the kids out of the closet. Tell your significant other, hey, what'd you say? And they'll say, what? And they'll be like, did you say something? Yeah, an hour ago. Yeah. Finish your fucking sentence. So that's it. That's that's the <laughs> that's episode 12. I hope you guys had a good time. Hope you guys have a great week. Go out there. Smile. Make someone's day. Jump into the fear and cheer up, babe.